Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Menlo Midweek. It's Mark solo this week. Jessica's not here, but we have the pleasure of having Cheryl back. I'm back. Cheryl, you're back. I'm back. It's so fun to be back. I'm yes. back in my chair. I didn't sit in Jessica's chair. Yes. We I... have our own little separate chair kind of thing here in a triangle usually. Yes. And so I'm glad that you have your dedicated chair now, at least I for do. most of this series. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, we just got off of 4th of July weekend. Can we hear a highlight of something that was fun or are you just so buried in writing messages, creating awesome content for us. I hope that you had a chance to at least do something fun. I have to admit, it was not the most fun of a weekend. Okay. Uh, I, I did have lunch with some friends Sunday after church. That was nice. fun. Uh, oh, I did have dinner with some other friends Sunday night. So okay. Sunday Sunday was because Sunday by Sunday preaching the sermon, I'm totally toast. But... Um, Friday, I played pickleball Friday morning and like literally three serves into it, I pulled my, a calf muscle. No way. And I had to go home and put <laughs> ice on it. I felt so old. I've never done that before. Well, don't don't feel so bad <laughs> because I don't know if you all remember Sam Littlefield, but that's how she got hurt. And apparently it's a really common thing for people to get hurt playing pickleball. Yes. And she's the first person I texted because I was oh, like, yeah, because yeah, I'm, of course, immediately I go to it's kind of like, you know, you you have a headache and you're like, I must have a brain tumor. Yeah. You know, um, so I texted <laughs> Sam immediately and I was like. I just injured myself. I don't know if I if I ruptured my Achilles. What and she's kind of like, well, you would know if you ruptured your Achilles because mm -hmm. it would feel like this, and you and would your not foot be would able to be walk. Dangling there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that, but she, yeah, she said you, when you feel your Achilles, it's not there if you right. rupture it. Ooh. And I was like, okay, well, it's still there, so I'm okay. Okay. But uh, so yeah, I think it was mostly a really, it was a pulled pulled calf muscle that okay. I I've pulled my calf muscle before but never to that ex again old yes. old hashtag old <laughs> <laughs> i play in a, in a in a basketball league on monday nights and every time i'm driving over there i'm just like okay i hope today isn't the day where either i tear an achilles or i gotta make sure i stretch and warm up really good before but sometimes i'm running late so it's just like yeah you guys play without me for a little bit i'm just gonna be warming up here on the side because i don't want to jump into this cold because i know i'll get hurt yeah and i think that's what happened we did stretch uh, we, it was funny because the people i was playing with we were stretching our achilles because we all know sam and we're all like <laughs> paranoid about it okay. um but I, I, I think I was kind of cold. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, and I was so probably focused on the Keeleys. I wasn't thinking about my calves all the and other stuff. Yeah. hammies and all the things. Well, how's so. it feel today? Does it feel okay? It's feeling better. Feeling better. Um, it's feeling better. I have a pickleball lesson on, uh, on Friday, so I'm hoping it's good enough by then because yeah. Mark, yeah. I want to go pro. I can hear you. I can I've, hear that yeah. dedication in your yeah. voice as you told me. Yeah. I've only played pickleball maybe 10 times, maybe eight times. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I want to go pro. I think I could win my age range. I feel like you could. I think I could. I see no it's, reason why you couldn't. It's like kind of like at my age when you run the 5K and there's only three other people your age and, the, and, and you won your, She's you like, got the third. I got fourth. Yeah. I was runner up. I got fourth place in my, I was in so my age range. so close to meddling. Yes. Oh my gosh. I think, I think pickleball could be my. Could be okay. my future. I'm, I'm in. I'll make yeah. shirts. I'll make sure we support you. We Thank can, you. you know, do a little social media campaign. To Thank you. 
help generate some yeah some buzz so you can get sponsors sponsors exactly. that's going to be the key okay yeah are there like pickleball sponsors there's got to be because people are pro <laughs> so i was thinking if like like a pickle maker like heinz do they make pickles you know like <laughs> yeah. if you could get pickles to yeah. be your yeah to be your sponsor i love it yeah anyway heinz if you're out there yep. i'd love your sponsorship Thanks. yeah <laughs> Well, that sounds really fun. Glad yeah. that you kind of had fun, but also yeah, it was it was a work week. Mostly. Yes, but don't worry, I'm going on vacation later okay. in the summer, and I'll I'll make up for it. All right, yeah. I know you will. Yep. Good. <laughs> well, for those that missed this message, we're continuing our series on David, which we've been looking at this whole summer, and so I'd love for you, Cheryl, to give a quick summary about it, then we can dive in. Yeah, uh, the summary of this sermon, right? Yes, please. So, so many in my head. Um, yeah, so this sermon is really focused on a really kind of major part of David's life where mm-hmm. David spends, and it's multiple chapters in First Samuel, David is constantly running for his life. He basically gets pushed out of Israel uh, and the, uh, that community by Saul who mm-hmm. keeps trying to kill him mm-hmm. or get people to kill him. So ultimately, he takes off into the wilderness and... Um, and he's running from Saul half the time, and um, Saul keeps trying to kill him. So the focus of this sermon is um, how do we honor those who seem dishonorable? Mm. And because you see, you really see uh, David honoring Saul, and I think we've lost honor in our culture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if I hate your political view, mm-hmm. I'm going to shame you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it doesn't mean we can't disagree. It doesn't mean we can't have other opinions, but it just is so vitriol now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to there are ways to disagree that are honorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I can honor you and disagree with you. I can honor you even if you've hurt me. And that's kind of the trajectory of this sermon is more around, uh, obviously, Saul has justifiably, you know, David could be really, really angry or or take revenge on him, sure. right? I mean, he's he's literally tried to kill him, not just like make him feel bad. Mm-hmm. He's tried to kill mm-hmm. him multiple times. And like hired people. Hired or gave people. orders yes, to other exactly, people. Right. Yeah. Gave orders, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to take a assassinate him, right? Right. So yeah. So it's pretty profound that that repeatedly, and we we just look at one incident. There's mm-hmm. more than that. First uh, Samuel 24. There's a similar incident mm-hmm. um, where David has an opportunity to kill Saul. It's right. just like put in his hands, and he says, "Who am I to touch the Lord's anointed?" And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that into my hands. And then he, in both of these incidences, uh, he really speaks very honoring to to Saul. Mm-hmm. He calls him the king, and he. You know, he gives respect to him in the way he speaks to him. Um, yeah, and again, I think we've lost a lot of that in our culture. So yeah, I mean, you started off the sermon with saying like this is going to be like totally countercultural and the concepts that we're talking about today, and even addressing like the obvious what it what abouts or what ifs yeah. um, that we're going to come up. And so I'm very glad you did that because even <laughs> to honor someone is like a step. I would say maybe even two step removes from where our culture is now. Totally. Now we can't even really, it's hard enough to open up that space for conversation. And then it's hard enough to say, okay, I, dis, I, I disagree with you, but I'll still listen. Right. 
But then to go another step further and say, I'll honor you during this whole process and make sure like, mm -hmm. that's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. And that's, I did mention next week, uh, Scotty Scruggs, who used to be a pastor here at Menlo, he's coming in. He pastors a church now in the Seattle area, mm -hmm. but he's going to be preaching next weekend. And I've gotten a little preview of his uh, sermon and uh, looked at his, his notes. And so he's going to be addressing um, really... There is a other side to this coin. There are mm -hmm. there are relationships that are toxic. There are relationships of abuse. Um, I think you can still practice a form of honoring, um, but it doesn't mean that you necessarily stay in relationship or that you don't put boundaries because of a really because yeah. of abuse yeah. or that you have to. I think Christians can get a little mealy mouse about this mm -hmm. and be like go go forgive your abuser you know mm. and then we take the side of the abuser almost like well did did they come and you know forgive you oh then we feel bad for you as opposed to the victim and and that's that's very serious we need mm -hmm. to certainly mm -hmm. uh take seriously anyone who has been victimized and so again scotty's going to talk more about that that's and it. and i i just knew i couldn't try to do both um so i knew that people are going to be sitting out there because i would be like well, what about what about what mm -hmm. so he'll take care of that next week well that's good yeah you, you just kind of teed it up for him yeah. and just said all the hard parts <laughs> yes here you go scotty thank you so much for coming yeah totally that's great yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes you had so many like even though the 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 main theme of this was honoring the dishonorable you talked about forgiveness mm -hmm. you talked about almost kind of purpose and like mm -hmm. waiting for you know David is anointed, yet he knows it's his time and he mm -hmm. still has to wait in that patience. Mm -hmm. And then there's honoring. So there's a lot of different themes there. How did you land on those? Were there more that you wanted to include? Yeah, actually, my first sermon um, was really more about how God, uh, the, the first way I wrote this sermon mm -hmm. was really going to be more focused on how God uses the wilderness to yeah. form our yeah. character and to shape us. Mm -hmm. um, but then actually talking to Scotty and knowing where he was going to go with his sermon. And, you know, he's an outside speaker. We can't just be like, no, you must, re you know, write <laughs> yeah, a whole new sure, thing for sure. us. So talking to Scotty, uh, and he actually gave me some thoughts um, on the wilderness and also on, on, the, on the idea of honor and shame. And so that's where I ended up going down more th that focus because, mm -hmm. yeah, there's about four sermons that could come between First Samuel 18 and chapter 26, where we go, I and mean, we make a pretty big leap. But again, I think one, the place that I originally started working towards and writing towards and then had to pivot was more focused on how God uses the wilderness, because David spent about 10 years in the wilderness. And of course, the wilderness is a biblical theme. We have the Israelites wandering with Moses for 40 years. Jesus wandering, or not really wandering, but being taken out into the wilderness to pray and to fast for 40 days, mm -hmm. and then David being taken out um, into the wilderness before he um, is is made king. It really, well, he's already been anointed king, but before that is given to him. Mm -hmm. And there's so much there about preparation, mm -hmm. how God builds our character, because God really typically builds our character in the bit by bit. That was going to be that sermon was going to be about the bit by bit. Yeah. And we want yeah. the big. Um, we want the big step forward. Yeah. I want some big event mm -hmm. that 
changes me forever. Mm. I will never gossip again. I will never tell a lie. I will never be tempted towards mm. lust, or I will never be tempted towards this thing right. because I had this big event. Mm-hmm. And um, and really, the way of God is more typically those things grow bit by bit. Right? Mm-hmm. We take a small step forward. Sometimes we take some steps back. We go forward. And you see that in Life of David, of him going into the wilderness. And um, and that's really where God shapes him. It's also an incredible principle uh, around leadership. And uh, I won't go down too much of a rabbit hole, but maybe you've listened to the Mars Hill podcast. And, um, and just what's being brought up mm-hmm. in the past recently about um, narcissistic and um, really... Uh, really truly toxic environments in the church. I think we're overusing the term toxic I a little bit completely. right now, whereas like if you disagree, then you're toxic, right? You're toxic against me. I, that's not toxicity. Um, uh, but uh, anyway, I think one of the things that you know has come out in the Mars Hill podcast and others is that uh, the church has tended to elevate the, the charismatic um, per- personality, right? The mm-hmm. not theologically charismatic, but the, the dynamic, the dynamic, mm-hmm. the and, and a lot of times those folks are um, young men in their twenties or thirties, uh, and um, and I think and we do them a disservice, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think and and we're going to see David's going to fall, and he has his own broken pieces that are still there. The wilderness doesn't cover everything, right? Because it's bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wilderness is shaping you bit by bit. Then you're placed into pl- positions of power mm-hmm. um, or leadership or however you want to define it. For David, it would have been you know, kingship. Um, and he's still having to take bit by bits. And sometimes he misses those once he's gotten the power. Mm. Um, you know, power is really hard. And and I think um, as I've watched, I, I have some friends who might fit into the celebrity Christian category, and I've watched them navigate that beautifully. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a all or nothing. I've watched people who really have navigated and, and, and held on to uh, their soul during being even with celebrity. But I do think, I don't know if the soul is made for celebrity. I think it's crushing to the soul. I think we see it in Hollywood. Um, and and then somehow the church thought that would be fun to imitate Hollywood, even though, <laughs> I don't mm. know, are they someone to imitate? I don't mm-hmm. know. But And again, I know people in Hollywood. I lived in LA for 13 years, and I know people in that world, in that industry, who have navigated that beautifully and have done it with character and grace and humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the majority of people in the church, I think the majority of people in Hollywood navigate it with humility and beauty and grace um, and character. But unfortunately we see un- what gets publicized is the the minority, but it's it's awful and it's hard and it's toxic. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah, th- where I want, what I originally yeah. was going was the, was what, what does the wilderness do to form our character? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I pivoted completely a different direction. At what point <laughs> did you decide to pivot or need to pivot? Yeah. Well, again, I think some of it was talking to Scotty, right. um, Although even Scotty had talked about, we had talked a little bit about the wilderness stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what's hard with a sermon is that, and especially uh, like at Menlo, we really want our sermons to be in the 25-minute range. (laughs) 
It's mm-hmm. really hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to, to have an illustration. It's hard to tell a story. It's hard to illustrate your point or bring it home and read the passage of Scripture, because especially in mm. narratives like for Samuel, our passages of Scripture are pretty long, right? So a lot of it was just out of necessity that um, I, I I felt like it would tease it would tee Scotty's sermon up better mm-hmm. uh, to go this direction, and um, and then I felt like I could I could pull it all in a little bit better. So I don't know. I hope it was the Lord that would led me that direction. But no, I think so yeah. because yeah. I I never really thought about the concept of honoring and forgiveness being mm. so cl- closely tied together. Mm. And as I was listening to your message, I was like, oh, they're actually very uniquely like they're kind of working in tandem in in a lot of, especially in my life. It's like, yeah. I don't know about are you listening, but, and so right. you, you said a couple of phrases that I'd like for you to, I don't mm. know, give some space if you'd like to, mm-hmm. to expand on them a bit. Yeah. The, the hurt people hurt people or the wounded people wound people. Mm. I've heard that thrown around a lot, but I really loved your mm. simplification, but also I think I'll think that that is the answer too. So I don't know. Any other thoughts around that? Yeah, yeah. I, it, well, as I was preparing, I was thinking about, I've used that phrase. I've heard that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, wounded people wound people, right? And we typically use it in the sense of um, when somebody wounds you, consider their story, right? Right. And I think that's fair and right, um, mm-hmm. that that we we really need to ask the question when somebody wounds us, in a sense, what's happened to them, right? But the danger, there's just a little danger that moves us into arrogance. Mm. And one thing I know in the scripture and one thing I know in God's dealings with me is he hates pride. And so the problem with that statement if it isn't also personally owned, mm-hmm. and that's what I talk about, say, you know, very briefly in the sermon, but what I was realizing as I was preparing and I was thinking about that, and I think I was actually thinking about going a direction of, you know, that more the wounded people wound people, know their story, blah, blah, blah. And I really felt the conviction of the spirit that mm-hmm. was like, you're a wounded person. And everyone, do you, I mean, it was kind of like, do I know anybody, anyone who I'm close to who's been willing to be vulnerable with me has shared wounds mm-hmm. with me, right? I don't have a single friend who doesn't have a wound of some form, some type. And I am certainly, that's very, very true of me. And so that was kind of where I went with it more was, you know, if that is true, and I do think it's true, then it's in me to want to wound. And so often with forgiveness, as much as I want to forgive somebody because I know that's the right thing to do, underneath that, there is a piece, especially, uh, you know, when I've been wounded by somebody in a way that has felt very uh, personal, very, you know, not like they didn't empty the dishwasher, you know, it's not that kind of thing. It's a... You know, they've come at my reputation. They've come at my character. They've um, mm-hmm. they've come at those things. They've they've hurt me in those ways. Um, if I'm honest, uh, I kind of want them to get wounded too. And the Lord really, while I was preparing for this, I just felt like the Lord was really speaking to me about that. Yeah. So, as I was hearing it, the the convicting spirit part of me was when you brought up reputation or character Mm -hmm. 
that that hit mm-hmm. something that I was just like, ooh, I need to <laughs> spend some more time with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's ha- it's also hard to parse out, and I think you did a good job of of with woundness comes forgiveness. With mm-hmm. wounded people hurting people, you must mm-hmm. forgive, and you you included three dimensions of mm-hmm. that. You mm-hmm. included um, that you should refuse to repeat the offense to that person. Mm-hmm. You should refuse to bring the offense up to other people. Which again, you, you I think you impact really well. <laughs> That's the hardest one, I think. Yeah, and then to refuse to bring the offense up to ourselves. Yeah, but yeah. Why did why did you think the second one was the hardest one? Yeah, and and to credit to Tim Keller, Correct. those are those yep. are Tim Keller, and I'm really excited. He's got a book coming out. Yeah, you and mentioned I, that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wish it were coming out sooner. I think it's coming out in a few months. But uh, he's written. You can Google Keller forgiveness. He's written some fantastic articles. To be honest, I'm not quite sure where I found that those three things. Was it an article or a sermon he preached or something? But um, but I had it in my in my file. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was a K- Tim Keller thing. And um, I think uh, the, the yeah gosh I I was just I remember when I first read or heard those words that um, idea that when we're wounded when we forgive if you've really forgiven I, I think kind of what he's saying is if you've really forgiven you won't bring it back up to the person and you won't bring it up to other people and. I think I had already thought and spent time thinking about the first one, you know, that mm-hmm. I shouldn't re- revisit it, right? Yeah. But one, the second one, yeah. uh, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'd even thought about it mm-hmm. because I think, I, I think I knew not to go tell like in a gossipy way, but here's what we do is we say, well, I mean, I got to... I got to talk to somebody. And and again, I, and I don't think this means you can't obviously talk to a therapist or a trusted friend, but gosh, you got to use what I think I've learned in my life is what I have to do before I I share this this with a with a trusted friend or family member or something. I have to have gotten to a place where as best I can I don't want that person punished. And I think that's the insight that Keller brought was that often when we take it to other people, we're really subtly, we're covertly or um, or subversively wanting them to be punished. I, I'm going to tell you, Mark, about what this person did to me, and now um, you you also can now not like that person. You now could maybe even talk ill of them. You could, you know, and again, I may not be conscious of all this, but there's something in me that's maybe wanting you to, you know, in a sense, defend me. It's still about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I remember when I, and this has been true in, in Menlo as well, working for a church, you know, it, you have to be really careful who you share your wounds with, mm-hmm. right? Because say another person on staff has hurt me and I want to tell somebody in the congregation or I want to tell somebody else on staff. Um, I think what I've found to be such a gift, um, and not that I'm not tempted or probably still have done that at times with with others, which I'm just sick about, but um, what I'm thankful for is like when I moved to L.A., I had moved from Austin. And so I was thankful that I had friends 
who didn't know any of these people mm. were never going to go to my church in LA. They weren't going to be affected by. So I did. So I think it's that it's, it's thinking through, it's not again that you can be, com- you have to be completely mute about it. But right. um, if I am going to share, can I share with somebody who again has no, they have no means to punish that person or mm-hmm. wound that person. They don't even know that person. They're never going to have a relationship with that person. They mm-hmm. live 1,300 miles away, right? right. Um, and so, yeah, I just think it's wisdom. But I also think the more I'm thinking about it, though, and, and I'm, I mean, you know, oftentimes I'm preaching a sermon that I'm preaching to myself. And in the preparation of this, I think the Lord is really is convicting me more about being careful when I use the excuse of, well, I got to tell somebody, I got to get this off my chest. Um, do I? Hmm. Sometimes I do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's fair. And I, again, I think therapists and trusted friends who live 1,500 miles away are really a good mm-hmm. thing. But, um, but is there also a time where could I sit long enough with Jesus that I could even experience him taking it? Mm-hmm. And holding it with me in a really profound way, I, I think I've missed opportunities to experience God's personal healing of me or meeting me, because I throw it to God in a prayer and then I run to the phone, <laughs> you know. Yep. And yep. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm working that out myself. I wish I have. I, I have. I don't. I can't say I've arrived on that one, but it, that's the most convicting one for sure. Yeah. When I hear that, I, I hear just the, the need for, if you are sharing with someone or want to bring this up, it's coming from a place of help me forgive or help me, help me understand myself better and how I should be feeling, not an external think about this person differently, but totally. more, more so a, man, I'm just trying to wrestle with this. And again, that, that coincides well with how you say, maybe you should sit with God more so you can do some of that wrestling yourself. Mm. It's so hard. Yeah, yeah. I think we just have to have a real, you know, Martin Luther, the um, the broken, wounded uh, Protestant reformer that he was, um, imperfect as he was, Martin Luther said, all of life is repentance. Mm-hmm. And And I think we have to remind ourselves that even even in my desire to do right, there's a broken part of me, yeah. and uh, and I need God's help even to do right, uh, because I can. It's amazing how quickly I can twist forgiveness. Right? right. Well, I've forgiven them, but mm-hmm. now I need to tell a few people how I have forgiven them, and this is why I had to forgive them and mm-hmm. give them all the details. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we could go back to the Mars Hill thing. It's so amazing how quickly uh, you can twist. Uh, being in ministry or being in the church and um, and make it about yourself or turn it into a what appears a holier version of that's just still the same um, arrogance and power grab and need for worldly affirmation, mm-hmm. um, all those things. And and I'm 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 capable of all of that. I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cheryl, just thanks so much for for all the the time that you put into this and as our listeners are going throughout this week any other encouragements you want to Mm -hmm. offer them or any other nuggets that maybe we could be thinking about Mm -hmm. or anything like that yeah i think you know uh i i just think that if we um one of the things i say talk about in the sermon too is that um 
you know, David, what was his theology? Theology matters. How we think about God, theology, theos, which is God, ology, study of, mm-hmm. um, that so often the temptation is to to have a lot of head knowledge about God. And, and what we see in David and what I want to see more and more of in my own life, I mean, I have two seminary degrees, you know, right? Like, <laughs> I can live in some head knowledge. And my pathway to worship even is, is study. I, I just, you know, yeah. I love, it just makes me worship, it makes me love God. Um, but the temptation is to stay in the head knowledge, mm-hmm. to stay in, um, yeah, if I, can just, if I can just think enough about this, um, I, I guess I just think, there is something so powerfully beautiful about scripture meditation, and we've given everyone this psalm guide um, to sit and to let the the truth of God sit with the truth of God. And again, I think this is a Martin Luther thing too. I think Luther talks about sitting with God. Might have been John Wesley sitting with God until you actually begin to experience. Um, Hey, if, that you have not always a feeling, but but really a kind of a feeling that you sit with it long enough that that God's forgiveness of you stuns you. Hmm. That that I would be so stunned by what God has forgiven me for, where God has shown me mercy, because if I can't sit there, if I can't sit long enough in that space, how will I ever uh, be willing to extend? that kind of grace and forgiveness and mercy to somebody else. I just don't, I'm not capable of that on my own. So I think, I think if there's any encouragement, it's take that little Psalm book. Sit, mm-hmm. I mean, again, this week we're sitting in Psalm 23. I mean, if you only sat in the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Yep. I remember reading once a little kid's version of that psalm. Some kid was reciting it. They were memorizing it in their, you know, kid's church or whatever. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want anything. Mm. And that might be, you know, I mean, there's things to want for sure. But I lack nothing that I really mm-hmm. need. I lack nothing that uh, I'm really grasping for. Mm-hmm. So, wow. That's yeah. great. Well, yeah. everybody... Go throughout this week, be stunned, sit in Psalm 23, mm-hmm. think about what honoring means, what mm-hmm. forgiveness means, and we'd love to walk alongside you in that journey as well. If, if this, you know, uh, if you'd like to walk through this with us, we'd love to be there for you. So you could text us, our number is 650-600-0402, that will reach Jess or I, our online team, and we would just love to be a resource for you and help sit and, and be there. But we will also want to encourage you to have some time with God think about anything that this might have brought up and just be there as you're reading over Psalm 23. That'd be great. So Cheryl, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Mark. Yep. And everyone else, we'll see you very soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening. And our hope is that this helps you connect deeper to Menlo Church throughout the week. We believe church doesn't just happen on Sundays. And this is just one of the ways you can connect with us and grow in your faith whenever and wherever you're listening. We'd love to come alongside you in prayer to encourage you or walk through anything that you're going through. All you have to do is text our online team at 650-600-0402. Thanks again for tuning in. This was Menlo Midweek.